0: The sun is down, the street lights are on, and you're listening to Largely the Truth with Brennan Store. To all you restless sleepers and midnight creepers, bleary-eyed truckers, and the graveyard shift, this is Brennan Storr, and you're listening to Largely the Truth. Whether you're staring at a screen, or the lines on the road, all is well, and for the next little while it's going to stay that way. Because I'm here, you're there, and together we're going to explore the night. Welcome back to Largely the Truth. You may be thinking, if you are one of my regular listeners, hang on, has it been two weeks already? because this show was originally intended to be a, a bi-weekly show. And of course that's uh, mostly because I have another full-time podcast, uh, The Ghost Story Guys, which I co-host with Paul Bestel. And I wasn't sure if I could make two podcasts work, uh, let alone one being weekly and, and the other bi-weekly. But I have decided that largely the truth has to be a weekly show. I've got a number of interviews lined up over the next couple of weeks and just realistically, Looking at the timing, the number of interviews I have scheduled so far, I would have shows for the next four months. And, of course, the problem with that would be that by the end of those four months, the last show would be out of date. And that's no fun at all. So, now, Largely the Truth will come to you every Thursday. If you're a patron, you'll get it earlier. Of course, that's at patreon.com slash largelythetruth. $2 a month gets you in the door, gets you ad-free episodes and early access, plus any bonus content that happens to come along. Speaking of banked episodes, the episode I have for you today is actually an older show. I recorded this interview in May of this year, back when Large of the Truth was a subscriber-only podcast for the patrons of the Ghost Story Guys. The reason I'm sharing it here is because I enjoyed the conversation with my guest so much, and I think her story is so very interesting that I felt like it deserved a larger audience. And so tonight we are going to be revisiting my conversation with Carlota. If you know me or if you've listened to the past episodes of the show, you will have heard me say that I'm a huge fan of radio. I grew up listening to CKCR in Revelstoke, BC, my hometown. That was our uh, our sole radio station at the time. And then later, this show, in a different incarnation as a weekly music show, ran for two years on 92.5 Stoke FM. And so I've always had a deep and abiding love for radio. And so getting to talk to Carlota, who was the former daytime personality for comp in Las Vegas, and has now started her own internet radio station, something that I really wanted to do last year and just never made happen, was a huge thrill. And so without any further ado, I want to introduce you to a conversation that runs the range from the future of radio, to money laundering during the pandemic, to stalkers and all kinds of other wild and wonderful things. Tonight, we're reaching out to the founder of Kill Pop Radio, Carlotta. Tonight, we are lucky enough to talk to a veteran of broadcasting. She is the former longtime music director and daytime host of KOMP 92.3 Las Vegas and founder of the indie station Killpop. She is Carlotta. Carlotta, welcome to Largely the Truth.
1: Look at you, man. You said my name right and everything. I love it. <laughs> I listen Thank sometimes. You. Uh, yeah, hey, you, right on it. I love it. <laughs> Thanks for having me, man.
0: Absolutely. Thanks for taking the time. I, I'm really no looking worries. forward to this.
1: Yeah, thank you.
0: As I mentioned, I used to have this show on 92.5 Stoke FM up here on the, uh, on the West Coast, and mm-hmm. I eventually pulled it. And when I did, I considered doing something along the lines of what you've done with Kill Pop, but I just yeah. couldn't pull it together. So it's exciting to talk to someone who actually made that happen.
1: Oh, thanks. Yeah, we totally, what what, what would you like to know, darling?
0: (laughs) Well, I'm actually really curious tell us a little bit just uh, about yourself, about your, about your career. Cause yeah, you were with um, KOMP for 20 plus years. Yeah,
1: I was with, uh, yes. Well, I I was, I've been in Las Vegas for 20 plus years. Um, I started my career in, well, I started my career in a podunk town in, in the middle of California um where incest is best relatively speaking and that really is no joke um but it was um i started there and then i was in fresno for six years i'm so sorry i know uh, For i like to be positive about it and call it fres yes Um, (laughs) it's
0: all about perspective
1: yeah no doubt but what happened was is i was doing nights at a rock station there And I saw an ad that said, do you have what it takes to follow Howard Stern? And I said, well, yeah, I think I do. I'm a crazy bitch. Let's go. (laughs) And um, so I put a tape together of my most rancid, just craziness. And I got a call. And uh, it was a a station called Extreme Radio here in Las Vegas. And they flew me in. And the general manager asked me, well, you know, why should we hire you? And I was like, because I have balls. And he looked at me, and like, and I, <laughs> I literally said that to him, and he looked at me and he went, okay, and that was it. And I walked out and I was like, well, I'm either gonna get the gig or I'm not, you know? <laughs> and uh, before I was even home from the airport, um, they called and offered me the job. So I moved out in Vegas in 1998 for extreme radio. Right. And I was there for four years. Uh, and then, you know, my boss was kind of a jerk and I didn't like him, he didn't like me and things happened. And so I ended up at uh, Comp 92.3 uh, for 18 years, where I was the music director and the um, middays. And I'd still be there if it wasn't for COVID.
0: So, okay. I, I wondered yeah. what, what brought about the transition. I wondered if that was uh, sort of a, well, I'm done, time to move on, or, uh, or if it was no, Rona related.
1: It was Rona. Rona's a bitch. She rocked up in there and she said, you know what? You make too much money. You got to go. <laughs> <laughs> Line item delete. You got to go. You know, and that's business. You know, I mean, radio um, was bleeding. They were hemorrhaging. Everybody was when Rona hit. And, um, you know, especially Vegas. I'm, I'm sure especially other cities, but too. But Vegas, you know, I mean, our our whole being is dependent on like nightlife. and Sure. Gambling and shows and, and concerts and everything and all of it stopped. So that was our bread and butter. And I did. I made too much money. You had to go. I mean, I didn't make a lot of money, but I was definitely one of the bigger numbers on the um, on the staff. So right. um, you have to go. And so I did. And I floated in a pool for four months. Didn't listen to music at all. Oh wow! Just okay. Really, just cleansed of everything and kind of wondered what I was gonna do with my life during that time. And um, I had Kill Pop already, which we'll talk about, but um, not Kill Pop Radio. I hadn't done that yet. And I floated and I did commodities, which I know we're gonna talk about. And I just, just And I didn't start listening to music until I got, let's see, I lost my job in June of 20. I probably didn't start listening to music myself in my car purposefully until probably um, late October. Okay. So I was going to do a show. Somebody asked me to do host, a show for an hour. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that. you know. And they're like, oh, no, I was a friend. I was like, all right. So I built a playlist and that playlist was static X.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. You know, okay.
1: Prong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to, you know, I get to make my own playlist, you know, deep corn, uh, tool, you know, all this stuff that really ki- Kill Pop Radio uh, turns out to be um, very driven in that in that way. Sure. It, it it inspired Kill Pop Radio in many ways, that that one playlist.
0: You know, I was going to say, I've been listening to Kill Pop on and off the last couple of days, and I, that really fits. That, uh, that, that about sums up the vibe very nicely.
1: It was like, oh, man, I really enjoyed this combo, you know, this this, you know, I don't think rock radio was doing what we're doing. And I think rock listeners are a little bit more savvy than we give them credit for, uh, in the sense that, you know, we we either want to cater to the, the arms folded crowd, which is it's not metal enough. It's never metal enough. I don't care how metal you are. Um, and I can't cater to those people. I like metal a lot, but I can't cater to that. Um, when I was at extreme radio in the late nineties and so forth, it was very much what is happening with kill pop radio. It was a mix. It was industrial and punk and alternative and tool and corn, you know, so it was all that metal, that type of metal. And, um, and we were the first station in the country to play Eminem. Really? Yeah. Uh, the real Slim Shady, we broke it. Uh, on a station where Slipknot was also on the playlist. So, and it worked and people loved it. So it, I feel like when I was putting kill pop radio together, I was like, I feel like I can open up this, this genre a little bit and give you a lot of rock, but also kind of give you a little taste of where things are coming from. We play the clash. You know,
0: right, The right. Clash
1: inspired so much of rock that we know. So why, why aren't rock stations playing The Clash? You know? Great question. Right. So I, I just sort of decided, I just took a lot of my career. I was in alternative radio. I was in active rock. I was at an extreme radio, which was a mix of both. And then, then I was at a pretty solid rock station for years. And I just put it all together in one pot and said, let's see how this goes. And that's where we are.
0: You mentioned that the Kill Pop itself predates the station. So yeah. how did, what, what was its initial incarnation?
1: Well, you know what's funny is, is because I was in my mid, I'm I'm an older woman. I was in my mid forties <laughs> and I was like, you know, one day radio is going to kick me to the curb, right? One day right. it happened to everybody. And so uh, it turned out to be Rona, but whatever. Um, so I was like planning for it. I was like, what am I going to do? you know in my later years that is still related to what i do you know my career the the thing i love the most which is you know this music and radio and and all that and so i created um killpop which started out as a sort of and it still is except for rona interrupting it it, it an online mtv format type thing minus the music videos so um, let's say, um, I take Corey Taylor ghost hunting, or I've done oh, cool. where, you know, I've played, uh, name that tune with Papa, uh, uh, Jacoby from Papa Roach. And we would make these cool, fun interview, mo- uh, videos and, or I'd go to Jason Hook's house and we'd check out his house and all his guitars and his cats, you know? Right. And so we had a lot of fun. We were doing fun videos with artists and showing different sides of the artist and uh, putting artists in positions that made them happy and and enjoyable. So then we would get these cool interviews because of it, right? Right. Um, and that's where we started. And But it was really um, dependent on the artists being busy and touring. So when Rona hit, it wiped that out, too, because Course. they're not on the road and they're not going to get in a car with me,
0: you know? <laughs> yeah, um, that's right? more more so than anything. No one's getting in the car.
1: No, I mean, so... So, Kill Pop uh, started out as a fun video interview, online MTV sort of format thing, but we also did, you know, events and we could help concerts, like we could help bands uh, sell tickets because we would do like these cool like concert uh, promo spots for them. Right. So, right. we were becoming a full service rock uh, entity and content provider. And then when Rona hit, we were kind of like, boom. And now with the radio station, it kind of actually gives Killpop a core that Killpop didn't have before. Because now with the radio station, everything can come off that, right? Everything right. can come off the radio station. So in many ways, it's worked out. But Killpop has been around for since two thousand sixteen, early sixteen.
0: Are you familiar with the uh, the Canadian performer Ed the Sock, Steven Kurzner? No. Okay, so he was a personality on our version of MTV, Much Music, back in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. Okay. And he just has uh, just concluded a, a crowdfunding campaign to launch uh, New Music Nation, which is essentially a. a really the, the Canadian version of, of what you're describing. He's got, uh, VJ's trained up that he's sort of picked from, uh, you know, a number of auditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so they're, they're launching something similar up, up here in the, in the great white North and mm-hmm. yeah. And so it's, it's fascinating that there's sort of, uh, we're rediscovering this, this need for this kind of programming because really, I mean, much music shit's about the same way MTV did. Totally. You know, it, it was no longer about music. And so I'm kind of curious, why do you think people are sort of now waking up and and wanting that kind of content? Obviously not now for you, because you've been doing it for five years. But, you know, do you think that there's always been that market there? Or do you think people's attitudes are just changing again?
1: I think the market's always been there, especially in rock music. People just don't want to feed rock people their stuff like they just don't want to listen to them. Right. Like, oh, you don't matter. But it's always been there because when you hear people talk about MTV, they talk about how great it was and now how great it isn't now, right? Just at Once they went away from the format of you know, music and having fun with the artist and doing all that stuff that was all about music, people loved that. And when they went away from it, people were very upset and angry and, and they still are. You can just hear it in their voice when they talk about MTV. Sure. So I don't know that anything has changed. I just feel like people, I think they're, they're hungry. And hungrier than they were before because they weren't being fed.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it, it, I was thinking that especially now in the age of social media where people want to feel connected to artists, you know, they, right. they, they want to be able to reach out and touch these guys and kind of see them as people. What you're right. describing seems like the perfect conduit for that.
1: Correct. And that was the whole, that was my whole thing behind it, you know, and I have relationships with these artists, Right. so I was able to get it done because of my relationship, my long-term relationship with many of them. And people loved it. I mean, if you look at the Corey Taylor videos or, you know, the Vinnie Paul stuff and, you know, I mean, it, it's people love to know those cool little things about, you know, Vinnie Paul, air hockey guy, you know, yeah. um, you know, Corey Taylor's a huge ghost hunter, a big comic book kid, you know, whatever. Um, and it, it, it made people connected to those artists. And that's what, what we wanted to do and still do. And I think we're going to be able to do it more now that we have the radio station in tow um, when they get back to, um, you know, life.
0: Yeah. And and, I mean, based on your assessment of of what you're seeing down there, is it looking likely that concerts will be returning? I mean, ballpark this year?
1: You know, it looks that way. I mean, there's a lot of festivals that are being lined up right now. Rockfest, Aftershock. Oh, wow. um, Rebel Fest. um, You know, Corey Taylor himself. Uh, speaking of, is hitting the road here in about three weeks. Uh, he's really? going to be doing a tour in in um, a COVID tour in the sense that he's going to be hitting cities um, that are more open and okay. um, than others. You know, so basically, no California shows. But <laughs> right. you know, he'll be. You know, there's a lot of places in in the states that are are open. Um, there's rules that you can only have so many people, or you can only do this or that, but. Um, so he's hitting the road. So live music is coming back here in the States. Now, what is going to happen when all that goes down? Are we going to surge again? Is things, are things going to go crazy again? Like India is on fire right now, right? Like it's bad. So, you know, we don't want that here. So I know everybody's getting vaccinated and everything's going down pretty well, but live music is coming back so far. I know the Megadeth, tour just got canceled or parts of it but i don't know if that's because mustang is sick or if it's covid related but i I think it's probably more personal to mustang
0: oh okay is it uh yeah he's like sick like covid sick or you know
1: no i think he has cancer
0: oh jesus that's terrible
1: yeah i I think so i think there's an illness going on with mustang that Ah, he's been fighting so i don't know i but i do know i haven't read why megadeth has canceled some shows um but they have i do know that That's rough. Yeah, I know. I know. His daughter put out some music. Do you hear about that? No, I didn't. Yeah. Dave Mustaine's daughter put out some emo um, dancey, I don't know, some sort of EDC or whatever. You know, I don't know. But something way uh, different than Megadeth. Is it
0: (laughs) But but she's doing music. so. Is it good? Is it?
1: I have no idea. I don't like that music, so. Oh, I'm okay, not, I, fair really, enough. I just read it. I was like, oh, Mustaine's daughter's doing music. God, we're old.
0: Sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I hear that. So in terms of uh, starting the killpop station, was it much of a process? Because as I mentioned, I briefly considered doing something like that when I pulled my show from Stoke FM. I tried to contact SoCan to talk about mm-hmm. uh, licensing because obviously, mm-hmm. you know, I could start a Mixler station or something, but still, I, I don't want to be doing it Flying blind, I want to make it legit from the beginning, and I could not get an answer from SoCam. I just—they kept bouncing me from one person to another. I couldn't get a, a figure, and well, so I'm—I'm I'm kind of curious. Uh, was it much of a hassle for you? Was it? Was it? Were you kind of bound up in that kind of bullshit, or was it uh, a simpler process?
1: Yeah, total bullshit. Um, <laughs> so uh, it took one of the reasons it took us so long to launch from the time that we agreed that we were doing this. Um, is because of licensing, um, here in the States, you need three licenses. And now we just found out we need a fourth. Oh man. Um, yeah. I mean, talk about just highway robbery. Like it it just feels very criminal, but, um, but we had to get ASCAP, BMI, C-SCAP or something like that, something like that. And now there's a fourth one out of the blue. And then we also have a blanket license for the rest of the world uh, that's makes us worldwide so we're in Canada obviously but we're in other countries as well uh, actually I think all I think the whole world oh, wow. um, but it's a blanket license but yes the licensing was the absolute biggest most treacherous hurdle um, and, and the app, a little bit building the app and doing all that and getting it ready and going through Apple this and that and Android this and that. But the the, the licensing was, I mean, that part just feels criminal to me.
0: <laughs> and do you think that's an intentional barrier to sort of t- to enter, entering that space? Because it, it is such a, a heavily corporate space now.
1: Yeah, I think so. Or either that or, you know, I mean, yeah, probably. Because I think about unemployment, right? You think about any sort of, like government or regulated or any DMV, you know, any of that type of stuff that they, you know, you have to go through, Right, you have to deal with if you want to do whatever that is, drive, you know, make money when you're unemployed, Um, you know, have a radio station and play music. Um, I think they just make it hard on you. Just, I don't know, because they have cush gigs you know, and they can like, yeah, whatever. We'll get to you when we want. <laughs> right. Um, I feel unemployment does it to just deter you from getting unemployment. But yeah, I, I, I don't know why they would make it so difficult for radio stations, uh, independent radio stations to do this because it's more money in their pocket.
0: You would think uh, I, some of these folks, though, seem to have an aversion. Uh, maybe if you maybe if you have enough money, you just don't worry about making more. I, I don't know. I've never or, been in that position.
1: Just, yeah, that's what I mean. They're just they, they have cush gigs. They don't need it. And they can treat you like shit because I don't need you, you know? Yeah. That's what it feels like. Like the hot chick who thinks she's all that and you're trying hard to get with her and she's like, and then you finally do and it costs you everything.
0: (laughs) Ah, yes. Been there. (laughs) So that leads me to my question about really what your thoughts on sort of the future of radio and the viability of radio, because I know up here, uh, the general consensus is that it, it's a, it's a dying format, you know, I, yeah. especially, especially terrestrial radio, you know? It, Correct. Um, so do you feel the same or do you think there's a future in, in streaming radio? Because I, I know we've kind of gone so far into the customizable, you can listen to whatever you want, whenever you want it with things like Spotify and Apple music and sure. Bandora. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think again, tastes are coming around to this idea that there's a certain appeal to sort of having to listen to a thing at a certain time. And, and do you see a, just a general future in in that? I mean, obviously you must if you've done it, but I'm curious to know your thoughts.
1: Well, I think radio is dying, terrestrial radio. I think it's been dying for quite some time. And I don't think it's because of the listeners. I think it's because of radio and radio has pushed the listeners away. Right. Um, and Um, and now they're getting, just like we talked about with zoom or anything like that in technology, especially with uh, Rona, um, you know, we've been forced to learn technology that maybe we wouldn't have paid attention to before. Um, radio has forced people years ago to start looking for other avenues, um, for listening pleasure because radio just got too fat and happy. Um, I think with Pandora and Spotify and all that stuff uh, that for us, we look at kill pop radio as Pandora with a soul. Okay. Right. So, Cause people say, Oh, you guys are like Pandora. And I'm like, well, yeah, but, um, we are a radio station that is programmed by a human being, not an algorithm. And we have fun stuff in between the songs. You get a terrestrial radio listening experience for the most part, right? Right. But you can take it anywhere you want to go. It's free. There's no commercials. And so I basically, what I've done, I've taken the best of radio and pulled it with me. And I left, I left the shittiness behind, right? Terrestrial radio isn't giving listeners enough credit, in my opinion, from what I can tell. They just play the same exact stuff over and over again. And it's very, very niched. You know, if you want to listen to ACDC, well, you've probably got three choices, but if you want (laughs) ACDC, it's this, you know, if you want to listen to Eminem, it's this, you know, if you want to hear hip hop or anything. So uh, Pandora, people go to Pandora and they, they say, oh, I like Tool and Tool. And then you get anything that's kind of related to Tool, right? Well, that's an algorithm. That's not a person. I know that my, I'm going to start with the base that you love tool. I'm going to start with the base that you love corn and system of a down and that sort of foundational era, right? That n- late nineties, mid and late nineties is going to be the foundation. And I'm going to hand pick and hand program everything. I'm not going to just throw it on and All of a sudden you get some weird shit and you're like, I love this. I love Tool, but why am I I'm hearing this weird thing? We are a music app with a soul, with a heart, with a pulse. Where radio, terrestrial radio is wrong is they're not really in the digital age. A lot of them aren't. They're still dealing with, you know, how it was in 1995. They don't want to be, I don't know. They don't want to hear the same song every hour.
0: Yeah. And and I wonder if. They've got all these options, so you got you got to give them something. That
1: absolutely, but you know, at the same time, where I've taken the best of radio and the smartest thing about radio is the bottom line is this: when people get into the car, they want to punch the radio up or whatever it is they're listening to, and they want to know what it is. Then they want to be able to sing it and rock out or whatever dance, whatever it is they do, and they want to know that song. Right. So it's still got to be it still has to be hit driven as much as you can.
0: Sure.
1: Because if you don't play the hits, they're out. As much as people complain about hearing give it away, give it away, give it away now. You know, and I hate the Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> but I tell you what, I tell you what, you got to play that song because oh, when people yeah. get in the car, they'll complain. They'll tell their friends, eh, I'm sick of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Rah, 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 rah. They get in the car, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Give It Away on. They're like, boom, give it away, give it away. Then, you know, <laughs> because that's what we do. We get in the car and we sing and we dance and we rock out. Kill Pop Radio is like, okay, I got to put the hits in there. I have to, but I'm going to give you enough, a couple cool little like nuggets that no one else is doing to not give you the full radio ridiculousness, but also not give you the cold algorithm of a Pandora.
0: Something that we did, um, or I shouldn't say we, because my show at Stoke FM couldn't be live because I, I wasn't actually in the same town as the uh, station, but a friend of mine who had a, a two-hour show on there, his thing was he would do the the music and the talk, but he would also respond to tweets on air. So people would kind of talk at it. It was sort of like a, like a call in line without having to worry about a producer and picking up the phone sure. and all that shit. Yeah. And, and I tell you, man, that stuff like that we, to me was just so involving because yeah. I, I, Engaged. I, that's it. I, I remember yep. one night in the story I, I always tell is I was, uh, I just, I was over in Vancouver. I would just come out of a, uh, uh, a live show of the podcast, uh, last podcast on the left. And I was just kind of bummed out. The audience was really, really gross. I was just really in a bad place, went to a diner, grab a burger and a coffee, just kind of sat there, you know, sitting in my misery. And then I remembered Jim's show was on. And so I fired up the, at the time the, they also had a, a simultaneous, uh, web stream. So I fired up the web stream, plugged in my headphones as I was sitting at the counter and you know, tweeted something at him. And when he came back for, for the next, from the next break. Boom. Oh, Hey, we've got largely the truth out there. How's, you know, this, this, and this, and just that ability to reach out and feel like a human voice is out there yep. was hugely inspiring. I and mean, that's ultimately what inspired me to get on the radio. Yeah. And so that's something I've been enjoying listening to kill pop is, is hearing you pop on and just, oh, there's a person here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We have a we have a pulse, you know, we we are human beings back here. Um, You know, Pandora and Spotify are are big and great and whatever they're doing. Um, But if you're a rock fan, if you really like rock music and anything kind of related, whether it be punk or whatnot, I've got your station, right? I've got it. You don't have to punch it up on your Pandora because we're going to be here and we're going to be having fun. We're going to be talking shit. And um, and you're still going to get your music. So you're going to have that that connectedness that you're talking about, because that is the best part of radio. The best part of radio is being connected to the listener the li- and the listener being connected to the station itself, usually a personality. I have come across in my career so many people that walk up to me and they go. Carlota, what's up? And I'm like, what's up? How are you? How's the family? (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. And they walk away and whoever I'm with will go, who's that? And I'll be like, I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. And they'll be like, but you talk to them like you know them. And I said, because I do. They listen to me every day. I'm in their car. I'm in their, you know, wherever I'm in their bedroom or their shower or their kitchen or whatever they're doing, I'm there. And I'm talking to them and for them, I am their best friend or one of their best friends. And if I go, who are you? I oh, mean, yeah. you, is that you, the worst thing ever?
0: Yo, you, you, know, you may as well shoot the relationship right in the face. Like that's, that's right what that in the
1: face. is. And that is it. We have a relationship. Yeah. I may have never totally seen you face to face yet, but we have a relationship. And that's what Kill Pop Radio offers. Is that connectiveness, that relationship? I, I, you can still have the one-on-one, you know, buddy system with with your radio, with us. um, Unlike Pandora or Spotify, there
0: there is something so intimate about that audio format. You know, in in addition to doing this show, which I do for patrons of my podcast, and the podcast is kind of a storytelling thing, uh, f- focused on the paranormal and ghosts and things like that. What I'm finding is we've been doing it for four years now and y- people will kind of feel a connection. And that yeah. was weird for me at first. Cause I, I'm kind of, well, I'm Canadian, right? You're, you're used to shit, not working out, you know, right. <laughs> you're used to doing shit and no one caring. Right. Um, so yeah. And we had a letter from a woman in, I want to say October, 2016, uh, 2017 rather. It was our first year. And she was sharing some extraordinarily intimate stuff with us. And it would really kind of threw me because it, it it felt real for the first time. And I thought, oh, holy shit, people care and people connect. And as you say, you have to return, I mean, obviously you can't, uh, you can't have like a, a friendship with every one of them, but you need to have a, a relationship. You need to acknowledge their value because it's so easy to step on that.
1: Absolutely, and when I'm training somebody to be on the air, because I've I've done a lot of that, I've right. taught radio uh, personalities how to be on the radio. That's the number one thing. So you know what you do is you are sitting with a very good friend in a bar having a beer, talking about whatever. Oh my God, what's up, man? How are you? Yep. Oh, dude, did you did you know Tool is going to hit the road? Oh my God, they're going to be in Vegas on uh, January fifteenth. Tickets go on sale. I think Saturday. Yeah, man, it's going to be rad. Here's tool on kill pop radio. So that's, that's how I, I tell people like you gotta, you gotta understand that you are talking to a person out there just because you got a microphone in your face or a computer in your face or whatever it is. There's a person listening to you and they are, they are listening to you. There could be 250,000 people listening to you, but you got to talk to them one-on-one. Right. I'm not a fan of, Hey everybody that, took that whole one-on-one connection away because now you're just like oh I'm you know I'm like what's up party people (laughs) you know (laughs) you know that's that's for the that's for live and on the stage in front of you know 50,000 people but on the radio it's a one-on-one connection and I feel that because that's been such a huge thing with me my whole career
0: and so I'm now I'm really curious as, as someone who really loves the movie Talk Radio and and the uh was kind of fascinated by the book uh, Talk to Death about is it Alan Berg? Uh-huh. Have you ever been in a situation where someone takes it too far? Where they, they're oh, really yeah.
1: oh god, dude. Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I had a stalker for I had one stalker for two years. I think he was two years. And he uh, wrote me a manifesto about how him and I were together two thousand years ago this was early, oh, this was in wow. 2002 so he would write it like oh we were together for two thousand years and uh or whatever two thousand years ago and you know um he was jesus and i was mary magdalene <laughs> so I know. and i was like thanks for that <laughs> but cool. um but anyways he f- went to everything i did always showed up he turned out to be harmless Right, but um, and then I had another guy that would show up everywhere, and then I had a girl, and the girl was the scariest one. Really? Uh, Yeah, man, because she would write me like cryptic notes on her Facebook, and like I didn't know it, you know, but I was told to look, and I looked, and I was like, oh god, and then I I got all these messages from, you know, she was me trying to, she was stalking me in a park or something. Oh man showed up to the radio station and was staring at me cuz she had sent cryptic messages about me meeting her somewhere or something I, and told her boyfriend she left her boyfriend for me like i never oh, even man yeah and so like she was like don't worry he won't hurt you you know i'm like oh. what i don't even know who you are like i didn't know any i was so i had to call the cops i had to do the whole like wow. you know get away from me thing and her family called me and they're like, well, we don't know what your intentions are. I'm like, I don't even know who the fucking people are. I don't know who you are. I don't know who she is. I swear to God. And they're like, oh, my God, she's lost her mind. I'm like, yeah, she's lost her mind.
0: <laughs> like, Holy get away shit. Her.
1: Um, so, yes, um, I've had. Um, but, you know, I haven't even had the worst. I, I had a coworker who um, some dude followed her home with a gun. Oh, my God. Yeah. He was like, something was so crazy. Another woman I worked with, um, she like some dude show up to the remotes with his big ass knife and like, Jesus. and say weird shit to her. And he showed up at the station one time with it. And, you know, just, yeah, people can be a little, I had a, even a thing just recently where somebody was being weird on my Facebook um, and like, sending me weird messages. Like, you don't think I'm cute or you don't think I'm, and I'm like, I don't even know who you are.
0: Oh God.
1: Oh yeah. So it is, it can be pretty nuts, but at the same time, you know, it's been a long career and I've had a few, but I have had a, I've made a lot of really great friends who were listeners that, you know, would show up to a lot of things that I did and we became friends. Right. Um, so I've had the flip of it too. You know, I've had a lot of good, I've met a lot of great people.
0: So another thing I'm curious about, you mentioned training people. Who are the kind of people who are gravitating towards radio these days? Are there still as many people gravitating towards radio? Or is that sort yeah, of Yeah, you know, a,
1: there's still a lot of people who want to do this, right? So like um, Kill Pop Radio in particular, I have a lot of people wanting to be on Kill Pop Radio, like a lot. And the cool thing is, is that they, the passion for it is what is up front and center. Right. It, and it's, it's, it's clear, it's the passion. It's the passion for the format, it's the passion for what we're doing, how we're doing it. It's kind of old school in many ways. Um, so yeah, there's still a lot of people um, who really in, love this uh, platform and want to be a radio star, you know? It's because it's, it's still really cool. I mean, you know, you're doing it. It's, it's oh, still yeah.
0: really cool. Yeah. yeah. I, a couple of years ago when I was still on Stoke FM, I played a, a, a track from a, a young gal who was from town and had uh, a rec- just signed a contract with a label out on the coast. And on her Instagram, she took a little video of the radio and it was just the radio in the dark with the time in led lighting up the frame a little bit and it was playing her song. And I can't tell you how happy that made me that there was this kid listening to the radio in her room at night, the way I used to, but she was also listening to her music on there and it was just the greatest feeling, man. And so there there's, there's still so much magic there and it's so reassuring to know there are other people out there who feel the same way. So stepping away from radio, you also do a, a lot of other stuff to to keep yourself uh, keep yourself going because apparently running a radio station wasn't enough to keep you busy.
1: <laughs> no. You know what happened was is uh, when COVID hit, everything slowed down, obviously. Right. And um, at the time, all I had was just my radio show or whatever. And, um, you know, I had Kill Pop a lot to do. And so then I, I, all of a sudden I had free time. And I was also known for my charitable work. I would always kind of use my platform in my audience uh, to help people. And so somebody called me and they were like, Hey, you know, do you want to help us get masks and uh, gloves and stuff or whatnot to hospitals? And I was like, sure. You know? And so I started in on it and then it just became, it rolled into this. I'm all of a sudden I'm in the middle of a commodities situation and I'm on the phone with people from all over the world and talking about gloves and and masks and getting this stuff to different countries and oh wow um all this really crazy stuff and and then I lost my job and so then it became even more you know because right, right and it was work and I'm on the phone and I'm doing sales and and I'm using my personality j- just as I did on the radio but in a in a different way and then that turned into because um, one of the very first people I worked with was uh, a guy that was in the cannabis industry. In fact, a lot of people in the cannabis industry um, moved into PPE because it was a commodity, just like cannabis. Fascinating. Um, so I, I ended up working with him and, and ended up in a CBD and, and, and cannabis and, and that sort of world. And then um, one of my partners that I work with as well is into gold. He's a, that's what he does. He's in gold. And so gold even slowed down way down when Rona started and now it's back up. And so I'm learning about how gold is traded and you know, what, what things mean and all the shenanigans that go with it. Cause PE is like the worst of everything I've ever seen in my life. It is the most awful. Um, you see the worst of, of humanity. Like I'm, I, there's so many war crimes that have a, uh, occurred uh the last year that i've witnessed myself with people making sure that hospitals didn't get the ppe they needed because they needed to you know launder money or whatever holy through. shit yeah i mean i've i've met i've talked to the russian mob the cartel Jesus. the fbi you know like all these people it's all there it, it's a movie dude it's a movie uh, what I've experienced the last year in that space. And um, I mean, I've seen the worst of the worst. Like it's the, it's the, it's the most horrible side of humanity I've witnessed um, in PPE. But CBD, on the other hand, is um, not. It is real people doing real business. Um, you know, I deal with CBD that is wholesale. So it is big amounts that go to like pharmaceutical companies and things like that. So they can make CBD products.
0: So now right? are you dealing with the actual sort of with, with the actual plant matter or by, is yeah. it oil, oil by the time it's reached you?
1: All of that. Oh, okay. All of it. Plant, uh, plant, flower, seeds, clones, you know, all that oil, um, I, I, it dissolute, isolate, it, all of it. D a, this a, what a, y you know, all of it. <laughs> it's just uh, all of it i have available to me so you know so i fell into that and um and now i you know do that and radio because you know why not
0: yeah well absolutely i mean the world opens to you, you may as well take advantage of it
1: for sure yeah and I, t- I met a lot of great people and um you know i met a lot of crazy people too <laughs> yeah. but commodities man is not for the faint of heart i can tell you that right now and you know what's funny is i think of the big short right that movie Yep. About the, the housing cr- crash. That's how I see the movie of PPE. I mean, because they, people will tell you, oh, they, they circumvent you like crazy. So they'll tell you like, oh, you know, the five star general just walked in and took all the gloves from the factory. It's all bullshit. But right. I, 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 you know, but that's the lie or, or the president, especially when Trump was president. Oh, my God. It was always like, oh, uh, the president came in and uh, took, bought all the, bought all the gloves, you know, it was like bullshit. <laughs> he did not. But I picture in the movie, like, you know, Trump on the phone, like, hey, Mike, yeah, you got 500 million of the cranberry uh, gloves at 300 count? Yeah, dude. Yeah, what are the comms on that? I need to know what the commission structure is. Oh, dude, it's 30, you know. I, and that's what I want in the movie. It's like the, the ridiculous stories and, and stuff that we would hear, all the fake shenanigans stuff. It's crazy, dude. It's a crazy thing. I'm going to write a movie.
0: I will watch that movie several times over. <laughs> okay. I got to know, though, because this I'm, I'm endlessly fascinated by things like the Russian mob and the cartels. Yep. And so you mentioned sort of schemes, uh, you know, like to to sort of keep the PPE out of where it needs to be because there is a way to possibly you know increase commission things like this. Can you walk me through a very general idea of of like what the strategy was there
1: in general as a PPE deal?
0: Yeah. So, so you mentioned again why someone would would uh, withhold it. And, and sort of how that translates to greater profit for them. I'm, I'm, I'm just oh, curious about the laundering. process. Yeah, mo- the money laundering of it. Yeah, in, money laundering in, of- for
1: one. Yeah, money laundering is the big one. Um, so let say you buy a box um, uh, of gloves with a lot of price gouging going on or whatever it is. But um, let's say you buy a box of gloves for 10 bucks, right? Right. Um, what they would do is they would buy it for 10 bucks. And then they would flip it for eighteen or whatever, right. and you know, and they would have partners involved so that then the partner comes in and buys it for eighteen, and then you know, and the money kind of just goes through there. Or people looking for like five hundred billion glove boxes, which just doesn't exist. It's all paper. But if you do it, then you can move paper, and if you're moving paper, you can money launder. It's right. pretty, it's, it's pretty savvy, and it's really intense. I had somebody tell me. That nineteen billion dollars didn't wet their beak enough. That's what the kind of money they were gonna make <laughs> up here. with a B. It didn't wet their beak. Nineteen billion dollars, B with a boy, like boy billion. Wow, not enough money for me, man. That's what he told me.
0: I and can't mean, even greed, wrap my head around that.
1: I know the greed. Believe me, the greed is ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous. Um, it's frustrating and it's, it's ugly, dude. And that's what I mean by war crimes. Like people literally need nurses and doctors and whatnot, literally need this equipment. They need the masks. They need the gloves. They need the oxygen concentrators or whatever it is. And there are people in the middle who are price gouging and, um, and causing holdups of those people getting what they need, over being able to flip it and money launder and, and, and make ridiculous amounts of money on top of it. It's, it's, it's insane.
0: I can't even get my head around it. I, I was listening to a podcast recently and they were interviewing a filmmaker who sort of saw the pandemic coming. He was one of these guys who was reading the news out of China and just had a feeling as though, you know, this, this is gonna be an issue. So he, he would, whenever he was somewhere, he would buy gloves that he would buy, uh, sanitizer and send it, send it home to his wife. And she thought he was fucking nuts. But as it turned out, of course he was not. And he said that, uh, he was in the LA area and obviously they realized we have too much of this shit, you know, we're, we're fine. We're locked down. And so he, he made it be known that he had this to donate. And he said the hospital was so desperate for this kind of stuff. They sent a, a doctor over, not a runner, not a nurse, a doctor came to personally collect hand sanitizer and gloves. And so yeah. when you, when you hear that and that's going on and now you hear about this, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's so again, hard to get your head around the, the callousness of it.
1: Oh, it really is. I mean, when I first started it, I, you know, cause I'm not, I was doing it for good reason, whatever. And now then it turned into, well, maybe I can make money. Right. Obviously. But it was like, I don't know, man, I, it really is the bottom of the barrel of humanity, like the bottom, the actual scrap, the 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 <laughs> the, the, the you know the stuff you got to get off the bottom. Yeah, that's, that's humanity that I deal with daily.
0: Now, do you ever find that that does it ever touch you? Do you ever kind of feel like, oh Jesus, I need to shower, or I got to go like you know soak myself in salt or uh, sit time. in a sage fire? Really? Okay.
1: All the time. Yeah, it's it's such an ugly business, but. Having said that, I have met some incredible people and it will have its place in my life, right? right? Like it will, I'll be like, oh, that whole year of just awful, but I'm here because of that.
0: On the subject of CBD, how is the market maturing down there for that kind of product? Because I feel like in Canada, we really fucked up the rollout of legalization, you know, I, I was involved in, in the gray market for a couple of years, right. and um, I was actually part owner of an online dispensary uh, before mm-hmm. legalization hit. And of course, well, I'm I'm a very poor man as of today. But um, right. I, so, how is it sort of matured down there? Is it is it progressing well? Do you think it's sort of at its its peak, or do you think it's something that is still coming along?
1: Oh, darling, I think I think we're going to legalize it across all fifty states within a number of years. I mean, they're going to have to. It is extremely popular. It is doing extremely well in the States that it's legal. No one's you know, died. No one, you know, crime hasn't gone up over, you know, weed. Um, <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. It's, no, it's so sad. That was even an argument.
1: Exactly. So stupid. Uh, they're too stoned to go fucking cause trouble. You know, they're like, <laughs> what? they might go to a Seven Eleven, rip off the, you know, some Funyuns and some Chico sticks, but really they're not going to put anybody in danger. Um, But yeah, so I think, uh, I think we're going to go legal full blown, uh, in a number of years and we should.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's the dumbest thing. I, it is, I didn't know jack shit about cannabis until I got into the industry and I actually got into the industry because my wife ended up with a kidney stone about five, six years ago Mm -hmm. and the, the meds, the doctor were giving her, were, were making her sick. They were giving her migraines and I knew someone who worked in a dispensary. And my wife used to work for the. She was a, a cop in in the UK. Very anti cannabis, but you know when you're desperate, and so I got a hold of a guy who sold chocolate bars, because I yeah, knew that yeah. she there's no way in God's green earth she was going to smoke it. But if I could feed it to her in chocolate, odds are. And so you know yeah, that yeah. And, and that was sort of my intro to it. And then I, I started working at it and and it kind of went from there. But um, it was really eye opening to me because all the people I met were just great people. You know, they were knowledgeable. And, and what was mm-hmm. really inspiring at that point in the industry here was you were seeing a lot of people who really had been told for a long time that, well, you're just a fucking bum stoner all of right. a sudden, and, and who had been busting their ass at manual labor jobs for years. Right. You know, I, I worked with a guy who, again, was like, he was younger than I am. You know, I, I was 33 at the time. He was probably in his late twenties and he was practically crippled from all the manual labor he'd had to do. But he finally had a job. Where he didn't have to bust his back, he could make reasonable coin, and he was considered an expert. And the thing that I feel like the, the Canadian industry uh, or the government <laughs> yeah. really fucked up is when they forced all the gray market shops to close, because all those people all had to go back to what they were doing before, mm-hmm. and that was so dispiriting. But again, it was it was it was at the t- same time inspiring to know, like or eye opening to see that these people are they're not. I mean, not that I ever thought they were, but they're not criminals.
1: No. They're just living yeah. their
0: goddamn lives. And to put people yeah, in jail for this is insane.
1: It's insane. I mean, like children, like people with, uh, uh, what is it, seizures and things like that. Like, give them some weed. Yeah. It takes it away. It, it's, it, it gives them better quality of life. Like, I don't like to smoke weed personally, but I love the smell of it. Mm. Um, and I love that it has purpose. I don't particularly take it myself. But I'd love to know that it's there for when I want to.
0: My next big hope is uh, um, hallucinogens. Oh,
1: microdosing, baby. Have you ever microdosed?
0: I am actually, I have since February, I've been microdosing psilocybin. And you love it? Love it. I Fucking love it.
1: Love it. I, I actually really like to microdose LSD.
0: Oh, interesting. I've heard about that, but but have never been brave enough to, to try. Oh,
1: no, no, dude. Do it, do it, do it, do it. It's, it's so because basically it's the same in the sense that you you don't trip balls or anything like that. You're and You're microdosing just like with what you're doing. But right. um, but it just gives like it's the same. I just love the high. I always love the high of LSD more than I love the high of mushrooms. Right. So I was definitely prone to go that direction with microdosing, but it just it just makes everything clear and just smiles bigger and you can get all and and you just every it's like wiping the 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 dust off of uh you know the windshield wiper or whatever you know <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Whoop, okay Just, uh, oh look at everything's a little bit more sparkly a little bit sharper and i have a smile on my face let's go i love microdosing i think it's uh, wonderful and um i love that like the state of colorado has a whole thing about they have a whole institution uh that you can microdose uh, mushrooms
0: oh shit no way
1: yeah i looked it up and um it's pretty cool and i think um A a lot of, I mean, a lot of women use my, especially in my age, uh, use it for, um, menopause.
0: Oh, interesting. How does it, how does it mitigate that?
1: Yeah. Because menopause kind of makes you depressed and it just messes with you. And, um, and so, um, it's really been helpful to women to help get through it. And, um, yeah, and it just, it's just, it's just good stuff. It's better than taking Zoloft.
0: So Oh, yeah. Cause I, I've, I mean, I've been down that road. I, I, for yeah. when I was younger, I took Paxil and I hated it, uh, Yeah. just hated it. And then, uh, you know, this year, the pandemic, everything kind of fucked me up and I was, I was in rough shape and a friend of mine said to me, well, this online dispensary has just opened up. They're out of, they're over on the mainland. They're selling this stuff in capsule form. It's mm-hmm. reasonably inexpensive. Yeah. And I have been so Happy with the results. I mean, obviously, you know, you still have the downs, but what I find is, is the downs don't go as far down.
1: No, yeah, and, no, it's real cool. Oh, it's a it's, real cool state to be in.
0: So that's, uh, yeah, my, my fingers are crossed and, and actually funny enough, we've got a, another place here selling a uh, boutique coca leaves. So, Hey, you know, okay. keep, keep an eye out for craft cocaine coming to you. All right. 20- I,
1: yeah. Right. Like, oh, like, like it's kombucha.
0: <laughs> yeah, <right>? exactly. <laughs> like micro, <laughs> like micro beer. Oh, this is nice little, nice little cocaine manufacturing place down the road. You know, they've got a little tasting yeah, room.
1: That's hilarious.
0: Well, Carlotta, thank you so much for, for hanging out. I, I, this has been a ton of fun. I, I enjoy the hell out of chat with you.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. Really appreciate it. Yeah.
0: So, uh, where can everyone find you? What's, what's the stuff you want to, to, to promote and, uh, tell everyone sort of check out what's your call to action, I guess.
1: Uh, well, kill pop radio is the number one thing. It's K I L P O P. Uh, so one L, uh, kill pop radio. It's a free download. It's a free app. Uh, you can just boom, boom, no commercials and all that. Um, you can also find us at killpop.com. Um, that's very simple as well. Um, and then we're on all over the socials. You know, we got FaceTwat, um, <laughs> which is uh, 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 killpop easy. Uh, we have InstaTwit, which is uh, We Are Killpop. And we have Twitter, uh, Twatter, which is We Are Killpop. And um, yeah, and we're just, that's what we're doing, man. We're, but kill Pop radio is the number one thing that I want people to find because we are here, we are rocking and um, everything goes off that. So
0: folks make sure to check out Killpop. Independent radio is like four leaf clovers. They're not very common. And when you find one, you got to hang on to it because by God, we need it more than ever. Yeah. We need it. So Love again, it. thank you so much. And I hope thank to get you. to talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you, sweetheart. I really appreciate you.
0: All right, that's a ball game. Thanks again to Carlotta for being here with me for that wonderful conversation back in May. Killpop is still going strong. And if you are a fan of that kind of music, folks, I encourage you to check it out. You can get the app on the iTunes Store or the Apple Store, whatever the hell it's called now, the Android Store, and, and pretty much anywhere else. Or you can go to killpop.com again, that's K I L P O P, and listen there. It's absolutely worth your time. It's a wonderful endeavor started by very cool people. And I wish them all the best. As I said at the top of the show, if you want to get ad-free episodes every week, you want to get early access, head on over to patreon.com slash larger truth and $2 a month gets you in the door. There are no tiers. It's just two bucks a month. You come in, you get early access, no ads, and any other bonus stuff that happens to come along the way. Again, that's patreon.com slash larger truth. Please, if you could rate and review this show on iTunes or wherever you can rate podcasts new shows really benefit from that kind of exposure, from that kind of uh, algorithm massage, I guess we'll call it. So, again, it would be very much appreciated for a five-star review wherever you can. And, of course, tell your friends. All right. Again, I'd like to thank my guest Carlota of Kill Pop Radio for hanging out with me back in May. I'd like to thank Peter of Pizanta Music for my fabulous theme song. You can find him by searching for Pizanta Music wherever you get your tunes. And finally, I'd like to thank you for listening. Without you folks, there wouldn't be much point. Alright. Until next time, I hope the night takes you to the same strange and wonderful places it takes me. And remember, if you're not sure what comes next, put a call out into the dark. You never know who's going to pick up. I'll see you next time.